de las tres biopsias eh, solo decían que era un pilomatizoma, decían ellos que se llamaba. Eh, Compasión nos ayudó con algunos exámenes que les mandaron a ella hacer y así sucesivamente con algunos medicamentos. Muy agradecido y declarando pues de que Dios bendiga sus vidas. Sé que Guma Uche Kupashi que va a mandarme, So thank you for watching. You know, my heart is compassion, but we just had Mission Sunday, and Jim and Pat Noble are amazing examples of people that are in this body of Christ that have been working in a mission for over 20 years. Over 20 years. So they run Casa de Amor and Alas de Amor. Do you know what those mean? Casa de Amor means love house, and Alas de Amor means love wings. And love wins during this season. Like Joni said, the joy of Jesus Christ is what we all need. And I'm not preaching to you this morning. I'm encouraging all of us to look at giving differently. If your heart is for the Nobles mission, give to them, please. If your heart is for Don Copton, give to the, him. If your heart is for other ministries in Santa Fe that I'm not listing, give to them. There are many people in this body that have a heart to give in different ways. This church needs giving. Amen? We need a wing to be finished over here. Hallelujah. We'll have a commercial kitchen. We'll have a multi-purpose room. We'll have three classrooms upstairs. I'm asking to think about Christmas in a different way and don't let our culture pull us to that Santa Claus side. You know, we have to say Jesus is the reason for the season because we've gotten so far over here. And I am committed this morning to not just bring you compassion, but so many needs around us every day. Like Joni said, we're filled with Jesus so that we see them, we give. It's better to do that. So I'm going to uh, close here. And if you want to give to compassion, but I'm not asking you to just give to compassion, there's Angel Tree, there's many missions to give to. My wife and I will be at the table outside. We'll give you one of these catalogs, and you'll be able to learn how to give and what the video showed. But in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Paul is saying this. And I have been a constant example how, of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now what greater example do we have in Jesus Christ? Amen? He died for us and he asked for nothing in return. He died for me when I was in my worst addictions, when I was the farthest away from Christ. He died for all of us when we didn't deserve him. And he didn't say, I'm going to die for you if you do da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? I'm going to die for you and I give you this free gift. It's free. So accept that this season, that Jesus is free and that he wants us to freely give that out this season. Amen? He wants us to give our love and our time. Thank you, Nina. There's always lots to give to and uh, opportunities. Find something the Lord is speaking to you about. Mark has a table out there. Encourage you to read your bulletin, watch the uh, offering videos of announcements. We have all kind of stuff going on and uh, provide things that uh, we want you to get involved in.
We don't want to be just, we used to say pew sitters. We don't really have those anymore, but chair sitters. We want to be active, right? We want to be working in God's kingdom, and uh, we'll try to plug you in wherever you have that heart. Uh, one of the things we have coming up in two weeks is the women's Christmas party. There's a sign-up out there, a table. We encourage you to do that. Look for the information on that. Uh, it's going to be on the 15th. And uh, want to make sure as many of you as can come and bring your friends. It will be a great, great time. Hey, how many of you have passwords? Uh, oh, my gosh. I've had so much trouble with my computer, my laptop. The other day, I was just like, push it off the table into the trash. You, some of you know you hadn't been getting the emails or you get them kind of weird. Then my phone broke. So my daughter was trying to help me... Uh, set up some passwords and accounts a different way, I mean some accounts. So she, of course she says, well, what's your password? I gotta have your password. So I gave her something, boom, nope, try again, try again. And if you, how many of you have more than one password? If anybody ever cracks mine, that's kind of it for me because I got the same one for everything. But we finally got it set up. It was driving me crazy. And I'm, you know, I always commit to keep a log, but I never do. So I know that's not gonna happen. But I was thinking about that. What is the password to get to God? Does God have a password to get into his presence? Mary Jo saying Jesus. The Bible says Jesus is the inter, uh, intercessor between or intermediary between man and God. We go through Jesus. But then I thought of another verse too. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. We're going to enter into his presence with thanksgiving. He doesn't want a bunch of complainers and grumblers. Come on, after watching that film, we are blessed people. Amen? So thanksgiving, we're going to, just because it's passed a few days back, doesn't mean we're going to quit being thankful, right? We take that one day and declare what we're thankful for, and then the next day we're like, hmm. But we're going to keep being thankful because that's what draws us into the presence of God. He hears a thankful heart. God is, uh, oh, his ears are open to a thankful heart. Amen? Uh, let's see, a couple of the things I want to mention. We're having a service tomorrow for Mary Massey. I don't know if any of her family is here today. Could you raise your hand? I know they're coming in yesterday and maybe today. Some of you know her from many years ago. Uh, she was part of our church and had moved away to be with her children and different things, and now she's gone to be with the Lord. A great intercessor. She knew what her purpose was and I believe walked in it. So that's tomorrow at noon. Noon, yes. We encourage everyone who wants to to come. Uh, then we had uh, one of our presidents, 41, George Bush, died this week, past week. Amen. Gone to be with the Lord. They, I think they said he was the oldest living president. And uh, this was interesting. I was listening to uh, like an interview with his pastor. And some of us may not know that, you know, how involved they were in their church in Houston how much they enjoyed volunteering. And it said, uh, Pastor said that when he became president, he went to his pastor and said, I'm not going to be able to volunteer quite as much as I used to, but I'll be back. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Just the logistics of it. The biggest criticism of President Bush was too nice. Too nice. And they uh, looked at that as a um, sign of weakness, which we know he wasn't. I just thought it was a great... If that's the worst they're going to say about you on your last day on earth, that's not too bad, is it? At his church, his pastor said uh, they had this bring a friend to church Sunday. They were building toward it. They were going to have all kind of special things that day and things for the friend that you brought. Guess who George Bush took? Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Some of you, if you're younger, may not know. She was the prime minister of England from uh, like 79 to 1990 basically like the president of England. That was his bring your friend to church person. So he was a great guy and uh, thankful for all our leadership and pray for them that they can stand strong and hear the voice of God. Maybe those that aren't that would be turned to the heart of God. Are the Rourke's here today, Gwen or Jerry? I guess that's a no. They're getting ready to move, but uh, we'll have to pray for them a little bit later. So as we're moving up here toward uh, January 1st, it's a time when we make those dreadful resolutions, don't we? I like to call them commitments. Take stock in ourselves and uh, just try to grow in what God's given us, right? Try to grow. The Bible says in Philippians 2 to work out your own salvation. Salvation is free, 
God gives it to us, but we have to choose to take it and then walk in what he calls us. I said last year my commitment was just to say yes to pretty much everything that I could do that was in my wheelhouse and the gifting that God had called me to do, not to waste a day doing anything else and to work at it hard. I'm always amazed at uh, athletes, musicians, they're at the top of their game, just how much time and energy they put into it to be the best. It's an amazing thing, and if we could put that into our walk with the Lord. I love the Tom Brady interview. Well, I love Tom Brady. Yeah, everybody knows that, right, right ladies? <laughs> but uh, after he'd already won two Super Bowls being interviewed, just amazing. You know, everything he does is geared toward being the best quarterback he can be. His diet, his exercise, his lifestyle, his sleep habits. It's all about, is this going to make me a better quarterback? married to a beautiful woman, has great kids, all of this. And the interviewer asked him, you know, what's next for Tom Brady? And he said, well, I really don't know right now. And he said, well, what do you think is out there for you? And he said, I wish I knew there's got to be more. Isn't that an amazing thing after he achieved everything else? And there is more. There's Jesus. Every, each one of us is created with a purpose. I love uh, Proverbs 16:4 says, God's prepared everything for his purpose. His purpose, that means us. He's created and prepared us for his purpose. So I encourage you, as you know, the time is coming to, to make your resolution, your commitment, whatever you want to call it. Ask God what it is he's calling you to do. Don't think, oh, I failed too much. I can never do it. Failure, I like what someone said, failure is just an event. It's not a person. There's no such thing as saying you're a failure, then that's an insult to God. Think about it like that. We all fail. Hey, how about uh, WD-40? They tried 39 times to get it right. That's why it's called WD-40, not WD-39. It's true. The formula to get Who has that in their closet right now or their cabinet? So many of us, their garage, wherever you have it. Babe Ruth hit like 714 home runs. 1,330 strikeouts. He said, every time I go, I go to hit big, whether it's a home run or a strikeout. I'm always aiming for a home run. So don't be afraid to fail in order to be great and succeed in what God's called you, right? Failure's just part of it. Come on, guys. Can't tell you how many times I've messed up. <laughs> be purposeful. You know, if you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing, what your purpose is, just start with prayer. God calls everyone to prayer in his word. And then don't forget the Great Commission. When Jesus left, he said, go and preach the gospel, heal the sick, deliver those that are oppressed. Matthew 28, that is your command and your purpose, and everything else falls under that. Father, we're so grateful that you've given each one of us a call, each one of us a plan for our lives. And we do seek to enter into that. We do seek to spread your word, your gospel, to those that are in such great need, whether it be through finances, through your word, if we even go ourselves, Father. Father, we want to be your vessels and to be used by you in whichever capacity you call us. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the Light and Mission Viejo. If you are new to our church, please visit our Welcome Center, where you will receive a gift bag and a mug. Our Young Families Group is doing a special study on finances and budgeting. Please come and join us on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Leaders and heads of the Light and Mission Viejo, you have a mandatory meeting on Monday, December the 3rd, at 6 p.m. Please talk to Grace Sebesta if you have any questions. Wednesday service with Frank and Arlene Tercero will be postponed until after the holidays and will begin again in January. Mexico Missions Mexico Missions is getting ready for our big Christmas fiesta. We want to bless the children of Colonus by sending them Christmas gifts. Those gifts are due today in the office. If you would like to join and have a heart for the children of Columbus, please let Pat Noble know so she can save you a seat in the van. Your Christmas fiesta will be on December the 8th. 
Homeless Ministry. Homeless Ministry is collecting winter clothing for the homeless for Christmas. We are in need of hats, scarves, gloves, and personal hygiene products for both men and women. Please turn in all donations by Sunday, December the 9th in the office. Women's Ministries. Our Women's Ministries will be hosting a Christmas party for the ladies in the church. Please come and join us for a wonderful time of food, fun, and fellowship. The party will be Saturday, December the 15th at 5 p.m. We ask that you call the office to RSVP or sign up at the table in the foyer. Mark your calendars, ladies. The Light and Mission Viejo will have a very special Christmas program on Sunday, December the 16th called Christmas Around the World. We will have several performances including a solo from our worship team by Joni Tercero, an Argentina dance performed by David Lopez. Our Sozo girls and boys will also be doing special performances. Also, the Light Children will be singing It's Christmas Time. Don't miss out on this wonderful showing of Christmas around the world. Thank you for joining us at The Light at Mission Viejo. We hope you enjoy the service. Amen, amen. Good morning. You know, um, this morning I uh, called my sister to see if she was going to be in church. I don't want to talk about her behind her back. I'd rather talk about her in front of her. Uh, Denise, can you stand up? That's my sister. Um, growing up, she was really mean to me. You know, there, was, uh, there were times where she was being so mean to me, and, and me being the storyteller that I was, I always had a story for her. And every time she was being mean to me, I remember one time that she was being kind of mean and she didn't want to play with me. And uh, I'm five years older than her, so when I was 10, she was like five. And one time we were outside and I wanted to play a game and she didn't want to. And she was being angry and she was going to go tell, tell on me because I had done something wrong to her. And I remember just looking through the clouds and the, the, the rays of light. Have you guys seen, have you ever looked at the clouds and the sunshine just coming through and it? And I remember looking at those clouds, and I told her, Denise, you better be nice. Look, God's watching. And I remember, and this is not a lie, I remember she sat down on the porch and put her hands on her, on her laps, and she was like the perfect angel. So anytime, I, I couldn't, you know, I, I did that for convenience at that moment, but anytime after this, she would see the ray of light coming through, I would always wonder why she went and sat down and just was the perfect angel. And then I remember I told her that story. I remember my mom and my mom and was taking us on a, we, we used to have, you know, back in the day we didn't have car seats. We all sat in the front without seat belts. You, you guys, know, if you're older, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, my mom had this radio station on and I didn't want, you know, I really liked it. My, my sister was trying to change it. And I told my sister a story. Don't press the buttons because if you do, we're going to fly up in the air and we're going to, Turn upside down. And so she never, ever pressed the buttons. <laughs> I always did everything out of convenience. <laughs> One day, <laughs> I had this bright idea we were going to play. And don't, don't, don't get racial on me or anything here, but we're going to play this game called Slave for a Day. And she was going to be the first slave. She was going to do everything I wanted, and then the next day, I would do what she wanted. I remember that day we watched every TV show I wanted. We played all the games I wanted. If I wanted cookies or, or, or I wanted her to bring water or a Coke or something, I would just sing the couch, Denise, go get me this. Denise, go get me that. And she would do it. The next day, I remember, <laughs> she woke up so excited. It's her turn. I'm not playing today, I told her. <laughs> she was so mad. This is not a lie. This is not a lie. <laughs> She was so mad, she grabbed a knife and <laughs> ready to kill me through the house. <laughs> Good thing my mom caught her. <laughs> Good thing my mom caught her. <laughs> I might have had a knife in my back. You know, sometimes we do dumb things, right? I'm sure all of us could tell stories about our siblings. I'm sure she could tell stories about me that 
but probably you have you guys laughing, but, you know, we, we all have stories with our siblings. We grew up with them. We appreciate them. Um, I wasn't as close to my brother. I don't have as many stories about him. I have a few, but not very many. But me and my sister, we did everything together, and I, I just remember that she was so gullible. She believed anything I said. And you know what? The thing is that we're taught in life. I remember growing up, I was taught in life, just like I told her that God's watching, and all of a sudden she had to, be, she had to behave. We're taught in life that even, even we teach our kids, and our kids are even taught that Santa Claus is coming, and if you're nice, he's going to give you gifts. And if you're bad, well, you ain't getting nothing but a lump of coal. And, you know, we teach, we're taught all these, we're taught in so many ways. And ironically, whether you know it or not, it shapes, it fastens us, it, it gives us an idea of who God is. Um, sometimes in, in our lives we feel that God is, is very mean and he's pointing fingers at us and he expects certain things from us and he will only love us if we do certain things or if we do it a certain way. But that's not the God that I serve. I can't ever explain God's grace. There is nothing I could come to the front and tell you that would explain or even come close to explaining what God's grace is. The title of my message this morning is called, Your Grace is Sufficient for Me. Your grace is sufficient for me. We're going to take off in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 10. I'm sorry, Denise, every time I think of that story, I laugh. I still remember, I still remember the, fear, the anger she had that morning. She got so mad, she went and grabbed a knife from the kitchen and started chasing me. And I'm all, Mom! Running through, the, running through the hall, Mom, Mom! My mom always tells me, I don't know why I woke up that morning, but if I wouldn't have, you'd be dead right now. She was mad, boy. This morning we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 10. It says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. For a moment, will you just close your eyes with me as we go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before your presence. We thank you for your grace. Lord, this morning I pray, Lord, that we could understand your grace. We will never fully understand your grace, but Lord, that we could begin, Lord, begin, just begin to understand your amazing grace, your unconditional love, the love that made you step down from a throne and come and die for our sins. We thank you this morning, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Let us remember this morning, if we don't have anything, we have your grace. And the Word of God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Will you guys all just repeat that with me all together? My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for me. You know, um, Thanksgiving just passed. I got to spend the, the day with my, with my family, my mom and dad, um, brother and sister, uh, my wife, uh, my son. Uh, not everybody could go and make it. Uh, unfortunately, they live two hours from here, so we either have to, we kind of have to pick where we're going to spend a holiday. Uh, we chose to go to to visit my parents for Thanksgiving. Well, this is truly a miracle. We're standing in a circle, and I just begin to share about the ten lepers and how only one came back to give thanks, and I just begin to share them so many times in our lives. God does so many things for us, and yet we're unthankful. But this one uh, moment, my dad begins to weep, my mom begins to weep, and and they're just looking at each other, and they're just so, hap so happy and thankful to have their family with them for everything that they have, their health, everything that they have. And that really is a miracle in my life. I, I haven't shared my testimony with many of you. That really is a miracle in my life. Um, when I was 18 years old, I 
didn't move out. I was moved out. Um, not because I was a bad kid, not because I did bad things, but because I went to church. Um, that was a no-no in my house. We had a church that we went to that was St. John's Catholic Church. Any other church was unacceptable. I started going to a church called Praise Tabernacle, and that was unacceptable. And I remember when I first came to God, I really, in my heart, believed that God was the same way. I thought that I had to do certain things to earn his love, that there were guidelines I had to follow in my life, and if I stepped out of those guidelines, God would not accept me, God would not love me. And I think some of us, we sometimes go through that. We fall into sin, and we don't realize that God says, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. You know, I remember going back to Thanksgiving, we brought the paper, and everybody's looking at the paper, and I'm sure this is probably going out all throughout the United States, people looking at the paper. We just gave thanks for all the things that we have, and... Some people saying, oh, God, you've given me everything. I, can't, I, I, I don't need anything else. And then a few hours later, we're looking at the paper, thinking of everything else we would like, making a list, making a, you know, making a list, uh, seeing what, what we want, getting ready for Black Friday. And we go from complete opposites. We go from being thankful to all of a sudden, now we're going out. I was reading, I was reading this week, uh, there's an article that came out that Americans will place themselves in between one and $3,000 of debt now for the Christmas holiday. Seeking what we want, seeking things that we can't afford, doing things for others that we can't afford, and yet the Bible says, my grace is sufficient for you. Some of us, we have health problems, and we turn to God and we cry and we cry out and we ask God, please help me. Some of us are going through addictions, and we go to God and we say, God, please help me. Some of us are having lack in our finances. Maybe we're going through marital problems. Whatever it may be, we have these things lacking in our life, and we say, God, please help me. And yet the Word of God says, my grace is sufficient for thee. All we need is God's grace. I don't know if you understand God's grace like I understand God's grace. I was at a point in my life where I had sold my salvation. I was ready to lose everything. I'd never been a bad kid growing up. I didn't do drugs. I didn't steal. I didn't, I didn't, I could think of all the reasons why I was good. You guys ever think like that? You can think of all the reasons why you were so good. And yet one day I fell into sin. Up until that moment, up until the moment that I was lying there and I knew that my life was a mess, I knew that I would not, if, if God was to come at that moment, I would not enter into his kingdom because I was in sin. There was a point in my life where my house had burned and I saw, just as I had, just as, as I was inside the house when it was burning. And I remember the smoke alarm going off, and I kept, I was so out of it, I kept reaching to the side trying to turn the alarm clock off. I remember waking up, and there was smoke all over the place. I was in the living room, I went into the bedroom, and there's flames coming out of, out of my bedroom. I'm still droggy, I don't know, I, I just woke up, that's the worst way to wake up. I didn't know what to do. I started choking. I broke out the back window. I dove out the back window, grabbed the hose, went back into a burning house, and tried to put it out. I remember I could not see any more flames, but I was about ready to pass out. I was outside coughing, and black smoke was coming out of my lungs. And I looked... And for a moment, God opened my eyes. And I'm being honest with you. For a moment, God opened my eyes. And I saw the demonic realm. And I saw the demons coming after me. I was so scared. I knew that I was not living the way God wanted me to. I said one thing, but did another. 
And then I came to understand God's grace. See, God doesn't love me. God doesn't love you because of who you are. God loves us because that's who he is. He didn't... We're going to go on to the next slide. I tried to define grace last night as I was in prayer. Grace is mercy, not merit. Grace is the opposite of karma, which is about getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve and not getting what you do deserve. Grace is being loved when you're unlovable. Grace is irrational. It has nothing to do with our great qualities or so-called gifts. Grace is love that seeks you out when you have nothing to give in return. In grace, God gives nothing less than himself. I don't know what your grace is like. But I do understand my grace. And I do understand the love and forgiveness of God. I know that God is a restorer and can bring you back and out of sin. God doesn't just bring you out of sin. He takes the desire to sin away. God just doesn't restore a family he makes it better than it was before. I lost my home that day, half of my house, and I remember walking in, and if you've ever been in a, if you've ever seen a fire, if you've ever seen a fire that's happened in a home, it's not just the fire damage. Man, those firefighters are amazing. My son-in-law is a firefighter. They're amazing. I remember standing outside my house, and when I finally came through, the firefighter showed up. And here was a firefighter dressed in all his gear, had the oxygen mask, everything on him, and he shows up in his, in his own personal vehicle. Um, I, I, we lived out in the county at the time. We're close to the county, right on the border. We were actually in the county. The county showed up. Well, they show up one at a time, and they're not allowed to go until a fire truck shows up. And here's two firefighters now showed up, standing outside of my house. By the time I came through, my house was on fire again. I, I, I'm a terrible firefighter. Couldn't put out the fire. And I'm looking at them, and I'm like, uh, guys, my house is on fire. You've got the gear. Get in there. And they told me, we can't go in. What do you mean you can't go in? I mean, I was like, going crazy. Well, I was ready to go back and try it again. That's how crazy I was. And finally, the city fire department showed up, and man, they, these guys were quick. They rolled out. They went in with their hoses. They went in. Within a few minutes, the fire was extinguished. And I was thanking God until I walked in. I don't know if you've ever seen a house that's been through a fire. When the firefighters walk in, they're not very kind to your house. They get their axes, and they'll cut the walls They'll chop the walls. They have water everywhere. They don't care about your furniture. They spray your furniture. They spray everything you have with water. Sheetrock doesn't look like sheetrock anymore. It looks like mush. I remember walking in and I'm like, oh my gosh. They didn't really do me too much of a favor. <laughs> it looked worse than when I had left it last. But I remember thinking... And I remember my wife had walked in, and man, she was just in tears because it's really devastating to see your home like that, to see everything that you have like that. I will say this. God restored and gave us even a better home. God restored. I was able, I always say that um, when the, good thing, thank God for insurance. When the insurance came in, I loved to build. They asked me, who do you want to build your house? What company do you want to remodel your house? I said, uh, Edward Romero. 
And they're like, looked at me like I was crazy. And the guy says, well, you, we're not allowed to do this. I said, oh, yes, you are. It's my home. And there is nobody out there that's going to build it the way I want it built. And I was able to take it and God, through God's grace and the gift of many, of, of many helpers, I was able to make my home even better than what it was before. That's the grace of God. When he takes something that's broken, something that's not valuable anymore, that the world looks on and there is no value, some people will look at you and see no value in you. Some people look at you and look at every failure you've ever had. They'll look at every sin you've ever committed. And they see no value in you. We look at ourselves and we see no value in our lives. And yet, God looks at us and He sees the value in our lives. He sees the ministry in our lives. He sees the grace that is going to change our lives. I love that he says, my grace. I don't understand what Paul was going through. If you back up just a few scriptures, Paul said there was a thorn in his flesh. Many people think that it's physical, some think that it was spiritual, some think that it was a sin. We're not really sure what it was. There's so many theories out there. All he says is there was a thorn in his flesh. And God told him, my grace is sufficient for you. Because so many times we begin to focus on the things, the negative things in our lives. We begin to focus on the things that we don't have. We begin to focus on the things that everybody else has that we don't have. And we forget that my grace is sufficient for you. I'm reminded we had a tournament this weekend. And our team was really good up until the last game. The girls were playing yesterday. And out on the court, it was a battle. They were going back and forth, and they fell behind quickly. And in falling behind, now it was a catch-up, and everything they could Every It seemed like every time they got a little run, every time they scored a point, the other team would score a point to match what we had just done. So we were continuing in this route, in this rut. We would score, they would score. We would score, they would score. And we were behind. And I looked at the leader on the court. And she had been broken. I watched her and her countenance changed. She was sad. Her shoulders just went down. She stopped running with everything that she had. And now, as the leader on the court, it began to affect every other player. And I was out there, that was not my team. I was out there trying to cheer them on. Come on, girls, we've got this, we've got this. See, sometimes in life, when things bring us down, our countenance goes down. And we think that we're out for the count. But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace will carry you through. My grace will lead you through the fire. My grace will lead you through the trial. My grace will restore your marriage. My grace will restore your health. My grace will take you where no one else can or not any other thing can. Sometimes we put our hope in money. We put our hope in things that we have in our homes, in our jobs. And yet God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is more than enough for you. My grace will bring you joy. My grace will restore you. My grace will provide for you. My grace will lift you up. My grace will call you out as who you are, not as who they say you are. Some may say you're a sinner. God says you're redeemed. Some will say that you're a loser. God's grace says we are winners. Some say that we are worthless. God's grace says that I am his, I am his child. Some would say that they don't love us. Or that God doesn't love us, but God's grace says, I love you. 
Some would say that we are unworthy of a God so good. And yet God says, my grace makes you my child. My grace brings you next to me. The Bible says that we are not saved by works, but we are saved by grace. We don't have to earn God's love. God's grace is given. All we have to do is ask. The Bible says that if we just ask, He will give it to us. For God so loved the world that whosoever believes. Do you believe in God's grace? Are you looking for things in this world to bring you happiness? Are you looking for maybe a job? Maybe healing? Maybe if I could just get this one to this one spot in my life, everything would be better. No. Understand, God's grace is all you need. It is a free gift. You don't have to earn it. God gives it to us because He loves us. I can't understand God's grace. I look at my life 18 years ago. I didn't deserve God's grace. I didn't deserve His mercy. Everything I'd been taught in life said that was strike three, I was out. Everything I taught in life said that God would turn His back for me at this point. But you know what the Word of God says? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But we're justified by His grace. Amen? We are justified by His grace. I love what Romans 5.20 says. The law was brought in so that the sin may increase. But where sin increases, grace increases all the more. Doesn't matter I came to a point in my life that I realized what grace was. I understood grace. I understand that God loves me. I understand that there is no sin that can separate me from God. When my sin increases, God's grace increases. When I think I'm down and out, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. I've made a commitment to God that I would stay faithful to Him in all that I do. I've broken that commitment several times, many times as a matter of fact. But God's grace is sufficient for me. He covers my sin with His grace. He covers your sin with His grace. This holiday season, there's so many things that we want. Some of you may have a list a mile long. Some of you may be thinking that one big ticket item that would just change your life forever. A home you know, I, I begin to think, think for a moment, granted that this could actually, if this could even happen, which it won't, it's just, it's just a made-up lie, but if you found a genie in a bottle and you were granted three wishes, what would you ask for? I mean, we all have that one, and I'm not, I'm not going to be spiritual with you, I'm not going to lie to you, okay? I found me a genie in a bottle, I'm asking for a big piece of land with lots of elk and deer and antelope on it. I'm like, I'm not holding back. I'm going to ask for, for the best piece of land in New Mexico. I already got a good looking wife, so I'm good there. <laughs> Probably, I don't know, I don't know what the other things would be. I, I know, I, I'm not sure what else I would want. Money, money, I've, I, I've come to realize money doesn't bring happiness. If money brought happiness, Robin Williams would have been a very happy man. If money brought happiness, a lot of our stars that are committing suicide would be very happy. Money doesn't bring happiness. I know I'd want to be, I'd want to live to be a million years old, but then I wouldn't get to see God, so I don't want that. The Bible says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Amen? We all have to die. I just pray that I do it knowing Him, serving Him, loving Him, and not away from Him. So, 
if I went around and asked you what you would want, everybody, I think everybody here would have a different question. I mean, a different answer. Everybody has different desires. I could ask, Austin, come up here. We share that. Austin, you're in the front. And I love, I'll pick the youth right away. Come here, Austin. Three things you get, what would you want? Come on. Car. Um. What kind of car? A Yugo? A smart car? I know, he's thinking way too small. Sheesh. Okay, Austin, you need to work on that, okay? You need to work on what you want out of life. But we all have different desires, right? Everybody has a different desire. If you're granted three wishes, we'd, everybody here would have something different. And then when we saw when somebody else had, we'd want what they have. Wait, whoa, I made a mistake. I want that right over there. That's what I want. But understand, God's grace is sufficient for us. We don't need anything else but God's grace. I don't know what condition you're in this morning. You know, I was reading as I was reading about the, uh, I was actually reading an article because, not because I was teaching, but just because I was looking up. I, want, I was curious to find out how much debt people get into for Christmas. And as I began to read the article, not only debt, but there was so, there's so much depression around Christmas time. Maybe because of a lost loved one because we've lost our jobs. I, I, I was uh, reading, I was looking at pictures over the week, and I don't know if you saw the GM plants closing throughout the United States, and there were people weeping, crying, because they had lost their job, they had lost their livelihood, right around one of the most, uh, I wouldn't say sacred holidays, but one of the most worldly holidays we have, where we are pushed to spend, 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 and we have forgotten the real reason for the season. And that's the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. He came to die for our sins. And that's what we celebrate. That's what I celebrate. Amen? Looking at this, I, was, I just begin to get really sad. I, I, I begin to think, begin number one to thank God that I'm not there. I don't look as Christmas season as a bad season. I know that it's not about giving and it's not about what I don't or do not, what I do or don't have. It's about God. His grace is sufficient for me. His grace abounds in my life. It is because of His grace that I am where I am today. It is because of His grace that I am not homeless or in a shelter or sick or poor. And if I was, it is because of His grace that I am alive. And if I am not in good health, it is because of His grace that I am loved and I am cherished because God cherishes us. He loves us. He paid the full price in His death when He died for us on that cross. This morning, we're going to play a song. And as we play this song, I just want this to be a time between you and God. Take a moment. We reflect so much on what we don't have. But start thanking God for what we do have. His grace is, is sufficient for me. When I am weak, all that I cling to, I lay at your feet. Your grace is sufficient for me. Grace is sufficient for me. Your strength is made perfect when I am weak. And all that I cling to, I lay at your feet. Your grace is sufficient for me. Your grace is sufficient for me. Your strength is made perfect when I am weak. All that I cling to, I lay at your feet. Your grace is sufficient. 
grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient for me. To see the Lord, the promised land, where in all sins, early gates look And what was once a pearl Now sand that blows away That blows away in light of Him Thank you, Jesus. Can we all stand up and go before the Lord in presence? Before the Lord's presence? Praise God. I pray this morning that you would take time through this holiday season not to think of what you do or don't have, but that you would take time to thank God for his grace. If you don't know God's grace, if you don't understand God's grace, if you're at a place where you're tormented and you want to feel God's grace, we want to pray with you this morning. We're going to dismiss, but if you're at that point where you need God and you know that if this grace that I spoke about is real. I felt it. I felt it in my life. It's tangible to me. It's something that I understand. I can't explain it, but I understand it. If you're at a place this morning where you don't understand God's grace or you're hurting or you walked in here with so many trials and tribulations in your heart, we want to pray with you this morning. We want, you to, we want to lead you into the presence of an almighty God. There's nothing that we can do for you but lead you into the presence of an almighty God whose grace is sufficient for us. Amen? Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we come before your presence. We thank you for the many blessings in our lives. Lord, we thank you for the snow. Lord, we thank you for those, Lord, that are here this morning. We thank you for our visitors, our guests this morning, Lord. We just pray that you would be with us throughout this week, Lord, that we could understand, Lord, show us your grace throughout this week, Lord. Let us understand your grace throughout this week, Lord. Let us seek out your grace before we seek out things, before we seek out jobs, before we seek out individuals. Let us seek out your grace. We thank you this morning. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed week. We love you. Again, if you want prayer this morning, we will be here at the front. I'm going to ask some of the prayer ministry that's not going to the back. If you can come to the front.